Welcome to the Everyday Ironman podcast, where we talk to real athletes just like you and me that are working to complete an incredible goal. My name is Mike Bosch, and I'm excited to have with me today Ironman Maryland finisher and captain of Team LB, her relay team at Ironman 70.3 Texas, Evelyn Shreve. Evelyn, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mike. It's great to be on. Well, it is great to see you again, because as you know, we met a few weeks ago, two weeks ago, right? Yes. Now yes. at Ironman Texas in Galveston, your team, your re- you were part of a relay team. I was part of a relay team. And as the stars align and as luck would have it, right, our, our team <laughs> setups were right next to each other in transition. Yes, yes. That was such such a fun day. And how many teams were there? 75, right? 75. There yeah. were 75 teams, which was more than I expected, mm-hmm. for sure. And I think it was more than I expected because I did what a lot of people probably do. And I looked at the previous year's finish times just to see where we were going to rank, so to speak. And I think there was 45 teams in 2021. There were 75 teams in 2022. So either the sport has just grown exponentially or a lot of people are just excited about this whole pandemic thing coming to come into a close a little bit and they're ready to get out there with their friends and have some fun. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts about that? I, I think it's a combination of both. We actually signed up for this race before the pandemic. So did you? Really? Yes, yes, we did not race obviously in 2020 and in 2021. I think the race happened, but um, I was not traveling yet. I'm I'm in Philadelphia, the Philadelphia area, and my teammates are in Houston, so I wasn't ready to come down yet. Um, so we were really excited to be able to race this year finally. Yeah, well, you know that's funny. That's so. So that actually segues in pretty good. So, so obviously, we want to talk about your experience. I have a point of view, obviously, because I was part of a team. But I want to. Show's not about me, Evelyn. Show's about you. <laughs> and so, I want we want to get into all that stuff. But what I always ask uh, at the very beginning of the podcast is for my guest to give a little bit of kind of a level set, so that we can understand what your time commitments are. And then, um, kind of what your athletic background is. So I always ask, you know, what, you know, are you married? Do you have a, uh, you know, spouse, partner, do you have kids? Uh, do you work full time? Yeah, sure. And then were you, were you athletic growing up? Can you, can you provide that for us? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm 55 years old. I've been married 29 years and I am an empty nester. Yeah. I have two children, (laughs) lots of training time now. Um, yes. my oldest Nathan is, um, he graduated from college last year and he's living and working in New York city. And my younger son, Raymond is a junior at Purdue university. So, oh wow, yeah. yeah. And when I'm not in the pool on my bike or running, I'm a CPA. Um, so it's a busy time of year right now for me. My specialty is tax and I work for a trust and estate law firm. Oh my goodness! Well, I, you know, I, I actually have some tax questions we might get into, <laughs> um, because as anybody who listens to the podcast know, I use this uh, as a forum to get free <laughs> advice. So I'm not above uh, seeing if I can't get some uh, free tax uh, questions answered for for you and the listener. Of course, of happy course. to help. Happy to. Help. <laughs> <laughs> hey, isn't isn't being an empty like like being a parent? is one of the greatest joys in life. Oh, yes, yes. But being an empty nester, oh my goodness. <laughs> that is the best. I love my kids, but I think I love them more when they're on their own. And they, and you know what I'm saying? And they're taking care of themselves and all of that stuff, right? It's just, it's just the best. Uh, it's the best ever. Yeah, sure. it, I, I have to say it is. I mean, my kids are doing very well. We're very, very fortunate. And since my husband and I have become empty nesters, we've we've gotten our own lives now. You know, I, I'm, I know. I'm doing more training and uh, my husband is able to, you know, spend more time on his hobbies. It's just been fantastic. Wow, that that is cool. 
And so we had talked about the fact that we met doing, uh, we met as part of our own individual relay teams. Yes. But you, and I, as I alluded to in the opener, you have a, uh, a standalone career uh, in the Ironman community. And I know that you, you sent that information to me. You completed Ireland, uh, Ireland, <laughs> Ironman, Maryland. Yes. What year, did, what year did you complete that? That was 2019. Oh, okay. So pretty recent. So mm-hmm. it was right before the pandemic. Okay. Yes. Yes. And then you also completed uh, six 70.3s. Correct. Which is, I'm not even going to put you on the spot to name all six. <laughs> and then you had completed this relay in Galveston and then one other. Yes. Yes. The previous relay that I did before Galveston was um, the Atlantic City Half Ironman. And that was really fun because I did that with some friends that I did Ironman Maryland with. Wow. Yeah. Oh, so they were all co- Ironman complete completers as well. Whatever yes. The term is. Yes. We had gotten together wow. for um, lunch after the race just to you know celebrate. And we started talking mm-hmm. about what our next races would be. And none of yeah. us were really ready to commit to Iron, um, Maryland again or any Ironman. Okay. So we started yep. talking about Atlantic city, which is not too far from Philly. And no one wanted to commit to that either. So we said, let's, <laughs> let's do it as a relay. So, Oh, wow. So how did, how did y'all pick who was going to do uh, each discipline? Did you draw straws? Did, did everybody kind of agree? Well, this is my individual strength. So I will do this particular segment of the race. Was it pretty amicable? Oh, yes. Yes. I mean, the way it started off was I was pretty bossy about it. I, uh, the bike took charge. <laughs> yeah, the bike leg is my favorite. So I volunteered myself to do the bike and Tracy <laughs> is a very strong swimmer. So it just made sense that she did the swim. And mm-hmm. um, Ray is a Boston qualifying runner. So we put him in the run slot. Okay. So that leads me into my first tough interview question. Okay. Evelyn. Obviously we just talked about it. This was not your first time. Mm-hmm. As being part of a relay, and you've completed Iron Iron Men or yeah Iron Men events in your set on your own. Mm-hmm. How is the experience uh, different for you? I have a perspective on it, but how is the experience for you being a an individual competitor where you're responsible for all of the things, and being somebody who is part of a team who recognizes that the other teammates are really counting on you not not only just to not even just to put up a good time but to finish your sections or they don't get to race at all like how how is that for you that is a great question and you and I had chatted a little bit about this when we were in transition waiting for our respective teammates and Going into the race, I had really not given that much thought to that aspect of being a team member, right? I was just focused on Mm -hmm. the swim and training for the swim. And um, it wasn't until a couple days before the race that I started to realize how excited my teammates were to race and how much effort they had put in over the past year. And then it dawned on me that, I really had to finish that swim. There was no way I could yeah. not finish because if I didn't, then my teammates wouldn't be able to race. And there is some pressure related to that. There really is. There is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is. Did you feel yeah, the same? Uh, I Well, so funny is I didn't really, and I knew it. Like, you know, you know, there's like, there's things that you know, but they don't really occur to you or you don't connect to them. We were at dinner the night before the race, and Eric, who was doing the run leg of our race, mm-hmm. says, well, I might not even get to run. And I was like, well, why is that? And he's like, well, if you don't finish the swim or if Lindsay doesn't finish the bike, I don't even get to start. And I was like, oh, my God, I never – I mean, I knew it. Like, it makes sense, but I didn't really process it. So I, I actually found myself pretty nervous. Mm-hmm. Um the morning of the race. And I remember walking down to, first, it was a very lonely experience for me, this race in particular, because um, 
I left Lindsay in transition because we, I didn't really know what to expect. So I left her there mm-hmm. and I walked down to the swim start by myself. Now I, I've said on my podcast numerous times with my glasses, I can't see very well. So without mm-hmm. my glasses, I, I'm hopeless. <laughs> and so I'm just wondering, I'm just literally following the people in front of me. I mean, they look like they were going to the swim cause they had <laughs> wetsuits and stuff, but you never know. Right. And so as I'm standing there, I'm just thinking about, oh my God, like, what if I don't finish? And I, I had to convince myself, okay, you can do the distance, right? Don't get out there. Don't mm-hmm. get in your own head. Don't panic. You know, I had an expectation of how fast I was going to swim and all that was changing on me. I was like, just finish the swim. Yes. Yes. Because there's no, you can't take anything for granted. No, no, you can't. You can't. No matter right. how hard you train. You, no. I mean, the- yeah, I mean, anything... Anything can go wrong. And race conditions are different. You know, every every day Mm -hmm. you could do the same course and every day it would be different. Yep. So speaking of, had you raced Galveston before or was that your very first time racing Galveston? That was my first time racing Galveston. And I have to say I I loved the venue. I mean, we stayed in the host hotel, so we were walking distance to transition. Yeah, and that's pretty nice. It really made yeah. it easy, especially race morning. Yeah. And and I had a little bit of a I won't say an advantage. I I had I had completed that race in 2017. Oh, okay. And so I had an idea of what to expect. Um you know, the weather is always different because it's a, it's a April race, this you know, the spring storms and stuff like that. So you don't know what to expect, but I did I was able to kind of coach my team through, okay, this is what you're going to expect on course and, and kind of help them through mm-hmm. that. How, how was your, um, experience with you being the only person on your team that had raced, um, I guess, I guess at least an, an Ironman event, right? I know that your brother who, um, did the bike leg, he looked, he looked like he was a serious cyclist for yes. sure. Like yes. he had, he, he had an expensive bike at least. <laughs> I'll say that. Right. So he, he, he didn't show up on no, on no Walmart brand, uh, bicycle <laughs> and your, uh, it was your sister, right. Who did the run leg. Yes. Yes. So she, she did really, she did really well as on her own. So. But, but this was their first time experiencing this, right? Yes. Now, my sister is a longtime runner, and she's done many half marathons. And since she lives in Houston and I live in Philly, sometimes mm-hmm. we'll make a girls' weekend out of it, and we'll travel oh, cool. somewhere for a race. Uh, my friends kid me about it. They say, don't ever accept an invitation from Evelyn to go on a girls weekend. <laughs> There's a hidden running. agenda. Yes, yeah. you'll be running a half marathon. Um, That's funny. So it made sense for Irene to do the run. And, you know, she's been in a race environment before. So she knows all about, you know, she knows how that goes. My brother is an avid, avid road cyclist, as you could tell. So it just was logical that he would do the ride. Yeah. It, it really was. And he's done criteriums, which are local, um, and he's done long-distance road rallies and group rides, but he's never done an Ironman event before. And yeah. he's never – he's always ridden in a group. I mean, that's, that's his MO. So when I was explaining to him the rules of Ironman, how there's no drafting, mm-hmm. we were having a conversation on the phone, and he was just silent. And he said, so this was a 56-mile solo ride? Yeah. And I said, yes. And he was like, oh, this is new to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, he really prepared well ahead of the race. And, you know, I assured him. I said, you're, you're going to do great. You're a cyclist. You know what to do. But I think he was still a little bit nervous because I peeked at his Garmin files before the race, and he was putting in, like, 200 mile weeks. Oh, wow. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, I think Lindsay, who did the bike leg on our team, she, uh-huh. she also does a lot of like group rides and okay. charity rides. And so I think that whole drafting, like I was telling her, I was like, okay, there's no drafting. And she's like, well, what, what do you mean? I was like, you got to be six bike links away. And I almost yeah. felt like maybe, maybe I talked about it too much 
right? Because she, that was the thing that she, I think she was a little apprehensive about. And and while I believe that the 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 whole Galveston race experience was was fantastic. I mean, the volunteers were were the best in all the land, and I covered that in another <laughs> podcast, of course. But one, but I do have to say, I was a little surprised at athlete briefing. They didn't talk about mm-hmm. drafting. They didn't talk about drafting no, at didn't. all. And I was really surprised because I know when I did Waco in October, they covered it in pretty good detail because I think it's a relatively new change that they've gone from three links to six links. So that's a yes. that's a that's a difference. And so I was really kind of surprised that that didn't come up uh, in the briefing. I was surprised too. One of the races I did, they actually pulled out a measuring tape and pulled it out and they that you know the tape and the ribbon just kept going and going and people were just really surprised at how long six lengths is yeah um but i was trying to explain to my brother not only can you not be within six lengths of the bike ahead of you but you can't block either Mm -hmm. someone's passing you you have to let up and let that person go because you don't want to get you know hit with a penalty for blocking so I think he was pretty nervous going into this about, you know, drafting because that's his natural inclination yeah. is to, you know, ride together. Yeah, no, it, it, I completely, uh, I completely agree. And I went, I went through a very similar experience with, um, with Lindsay and trying to explain to mm-hmm. her that if you do get past, you know, if someone, if, if their back or their front wheel crosses your back wheel, you can't like try to outrun them. You've got to do, you've got to <laughs> defer. Right. And then not only do you defer, but then now it's your responsibility not to draft off of them. So you got to go back six links. They don't have to pass you six links. You got to back it down. And so that, that is something that if you're not, if you're not used to it, it's not intuitive, right? It's not something that you just know to do. Um, but yeah, um, I was just curious. So I was going to ask how you came to do the swim, but it sounds Mm -hmm. like your, your brother was the obvious choice on the bike yes so you being a a, a runner as well how did you and your sister determine who was going to run and who was going to swim ah okay so my sister has done a triathlon before okay but it was many years ago and that's actually part of the reason why i got into triathlons because at the time she did hers I had never done one, and I was just, yeah, I was astounded when she told me she was going to do a triathlon, because I didn't know what it was. So I went down to Houston to see her and her friends race, and I was so impressed. Um, I came away with that, really thinking, boy, this is something maybe I could do if my little sister can do it. (laughs) (laughs) Surely I could do it. That's funny. Yeah, so but she hasn't done a triathlon since. So it's been a while since she's been in the pool and it just made sense for me to do the swim. And I and I was happy to. I was happy to. So so let me ask you this because you guys had signed up well in advance. You didn't sign mm-hmm. up, you know, six weeks before. So you've known for a while that you were going to do the swim only. How did you, yes. cha- how did you change or did you have to change your training or your training approach leading into this race? That's a great question, Mike. My coach did change my training to be a more swim centric plan. Mm-hmm. And it was a little bit stressful because I hated to give up some of the bike sessions and some of the runs you know as as triathletes we're just conditioned to get up every morning and and do our training and really stick to the plan and this was the first time ever that I had really focused on the swim and in hindsight I'm so glad I did really there were so many benefits to it Um, I'm also I'm training for a marathon my first marathon that I'm going to be running in the fall Mm -hmm. so starting to yeah starting to build the base for that Mm-hmm. And I, um, of course, had to cut back on running so I could swim more. And surprisingly, my run improved. Um, I think it really? was because, yeah, I think it was because my cardio fitness oh, yeah. really increased from mm-hmm. the additional swimming. 
and my legs had plenty of time to rest. I just wasn't beating them up oh, as much. Oh, that's yeah. a that's a uh, that's an unexpected surprise there, Evelyn. Yes, yes, and I never would have known that had I not tried this. So yeah. I'm I'm going to ask my coach if I can huh. continue with you know a pretty high volume of swimming yeah. while I'm training for the run. So I don't I don't have a coach, but I am following uh, a program. So I recently mm-hmm. I recently signed up for. Uh, try dot training, and okay. so what it does is it okay. slightly customizes my uh, my training based on my performance. So it's it's really a an effort in a uh, pace training versus go out and run five miles or swim mm-hmm. this number of lengths, right? And what I did, I'm just gonna, it's not a contest, Evelyn. It's not a contest. <laughs> what I did was I, I just added more swims into my. I still continued to bike and run at the normal pace. I just swam. Okay. I just swam five times a week. Um, so wow. I would normally swim uh, Monday and Friday. I would go to the gym uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and I would focus on drills. So I would re. I did okay. the. Fi- I did the five because I'm a horrible swimmer. So I figured the more the better. <laughs> so I did the 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 effortless swimming uh, five day catch challenge. And, um, and so the, um, I'm such a slow learner that I couldn't do it in five days. I had to do like day one. I did for like five days. I did it over the entire week. And then day two, (laughs) I did. So it it definitely helped me. Uh, it definitely helped me for sure. And I'm, I'm glad that I did that. Um, but I was curious how, how your, uh, your approach went. Well, you know, everyone's different and this happened to work for me and it was really quite serendipitous because I never would have known otherwise. Yeah. What, uh, what yeah. marathon are you training for? New York. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. This, this might be my one and only. So, um, I was talking to my coach about it. I said, if this is going to be my one and only marathon, I want to go big. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about New York? And she's like, that's great choice. She's run New York before. So uh-huh. I, I feel good. Do you go through all five boroughs or? I know? believe so. I think I so. believe so. I think that's what and I it, remember. It's a hilly race. I mean, I think people don't realize it's yeah. quite hilly. New York is not flat and you go over a number of bridges yeah. during the course of the race. I would imagine. So, um, well, that's exciting. And that you said that's in the fall? Yes. First weekend of November. Oh, so you got plenty of time. You got plenty of time. <laughs> I won't be I won't be thinking that in about in about four months. That is too funny. Okay, so I'm gonna apologize in advance. This question has a long setup. I've okay. given this a lot of thought. So um both of my teammates uh were new to Iron Man. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh speaking to at least one other relay participant there was another gentleman who was on our same rack but a couple down from you he was actually using this experience so being on a relay as a way to introduce his friend to the sport okay so okay i introduced Lindsay and eric to the sport he introduced his uh two partners to the sport and you being the only member of your team to have ironman experience i know you said your sister had done a triathlon before but the Ironman. Um, do you think this helped remove some of the anxiety that a newbie would have allowing them to kind of come into this as just, a, I don't want to say just, but, but being responsible for one of the three versus all three at the same time? What are your, what are your thoughts? Oh, I, I absolutely agree with you, Mike. Um, you know, for my sister, she has done a triathlon. It was a sprint triathlon. It was a number of years ago. Um, and so she knows what racing is all about. But she, the scope of Ironman was certainly a new experience for her. Mm-hmm. But after doing it, it really showed her that Ironman, it can be done. You know, for, yeah. for someone who wants to learn the requisite skills and has the time to train for it, it's really very possible. And for my brother, you know, he's done local races, but never a big race like Ironman. Like he's never done a half marathon or anything. So this relay was really a terrific way to introduce him to a very different type of event. And Marv 
absolutely loved, loved Iron Man. He loved the pomp and the pageantry. You know, he was really impressed by the um, on-site bike mechanics. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. And, of course, the shock and awe factor of seeing 3,000 bikes in transition was just mind-boggling to him. So he loved it. Yeah, I think, um, and I'm... I don't know if you are, but I'm in a, I'm in a member of a several Facebook groups that are dedicated to this race or that race. Yes. And it seems like almost every day there is a question around not how do I run or how do I swim or how do I bike, but it's always those little questions that until you've done something before, you really don't know. Like as an example, the transition from swim to bike, right? We could go to five different venues and it's going to be a little bit different, but once you've done it one time, you have an idea of what to expect. And then it's just a matter of knowing, okay, where's the run in arch where, you know, where's my rack relative to the, to the entrance and all that stuff. You don't have a lot of that unknown. And that's what I found with Lindsay and Eric was, they were able to ask me those questions as they came up. And then I was able to tell them from my personal experience, okay, these are the things that I learned along the way. And I really, I don't want to speak for them, but I do think that it, it helped remove some of that anxiety for them. And I'm, I'm actually very hopeful that both of them uh, will continue. Uh, Lindsay texted me today. There's a sprint triathlon that we found here in North Texas in the fall. And mm-hmm. it's a, it's a pull swim, a very manageable bike. And then a 5k, I think she's going to do it. Um, oh, that would be great. She, she's a very competitive, uh, very athletic person. She mm-hmm. is afraid of swimming in water. She can't see in, which is a very mm-hmm. common fear. Mm-hmm. And so I told her, I was like, well, I could, I said, I know how we can fix that. And she's like, how's that? I said, well, you need to do you need to start here with this? And she said, but this is a pole swim. I said, that's exactly right. I said, Lindsay, once you do it, do this one time and you realize how much you enjoy it and you place well, you're going to have to get over your fear. You'll be too far down the road right now. You're still kind of introduced to it. You're not too far invested, but once you get invested and you've done your, your first triathlon, you're going to get over that fear of the swim for sure. And, uh, Eric's already been looking for a bike. Like I think they're both, um, they're both king. So, so you've done, you've done a triathlon with your friends and now you've done one with your family. Do you think, Mm -hmm. Hey, I could do another one. Like, do you, have you thought that far out or are you just kind of rolling with it? Would I do another, Oh, and do another relay? Yeah. Oh yes. Oh yes. Of course. You know, I, I want to circle back to your comment about Lindsay and the upcoming triathlon. Um, tell her that that triathlon is a perfect intro because that's the way I started. My first triathlon was at my local YMCA and the swim was in a pool. So it was a very nice way to get into triathlon. And I'm an adult onset swimmer. I had to take swimming lessons to even do my first triathlon. So it, it, it was a great way to start. Yeah, I uh, I haven't shared it yet because I haven't figured out how, but I actually found the video of me swimming in my very first sprint triathlon uh, here in North Texas, and my, my wife actually took it, and I, I watched it. I was looking for something else, and I came across it yesterday, and I was like, uh-huh. every time I look at it, I'm like, you've come so far. You've just come <laughs> so far. Like, I'm still a bad swimmer. But I'm literally at the last length of the pool. I, my head is completely out of the water. No, no, no kick whatsoever because my feet are probably touching the bottom of the pool at this point. Like <laughs> I'm in such a bad angle and I'm just thrashing around. Uh, I was, it was a total train wreck, but I survived. Yeah. I survived and I was hooked. I was hooked from that moment on. It was too, it was, mm-hmm. it was so cool. Yeah. I've actually, um, I've actually inc- recruited a new team. Oh, I've got a new team. So oh, tell uh, me about it. I was really surprised how much I enjoyed the relay. There is a, a gentleman that I work with who mm-hmm. approached me, uh, and I've told the story on I think on the podcast before. Two months ago, he caught me in the hallway. He goes, "Hey man, uh, there's a rumor around the building that you're an Iron Man." And I was like, dude, that ain't no rumor, Jack. That's fact, <laughs> right? I got I got the tattoo and everything to prove it. <laughs> And he's like, talk me through this. 
And so I was like, okay. I said, well, you know, he's tall, slender. I was like, you know, are you, you know, are you, are you physically, um, you know, active, whatever he goes, I, I swim about two miles a day. And I was oh like, my. Oh yeah, you'll be fine. I said, you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be fine. And so when I saw him, uh, when I got back to the office after the race, he, uh, he has a kind of an office, uh, that runs at the end of a hallway and it's a glass mm-hmm. front and I just see him, his arms up and he's got like a, he's got the wingspan of like a seven foot basketball player. Like his arms are wow. like as far and he's like, how did it go? And I was telling him about it and I, and he's like, man, I, he goes, I talked to my wife. I think I'm going to do this thing. And so we started looking up races and I said, well, you know, uh, Lubbock, which here is in Texas is, is coming up. And he actually went to college there. Well, anyway, he finally says to me, he's like, well, Hey man, he goes, if you need a swimmer, if you're going to do this again, if you need a swimmer, let me know I'm in. And I was like, Oh, now hold <laughs> on here. Cause he, he swims. I, he probably swims 125 per 100, Ooh. something in that neighborhood. Oh, he's fast. He's fast. Oh, he's fast. And then, uh, I've got a buddy who runs, he's run a three thirty marathon. Oh and my. so when we run, Evelyn, we ran a, we ran a half marathon in the fall. I ran my fastest half, mar- half marathon. Uh, and he was slowing down to keep, to keep, he was, he was pacing me. <laughs> I'm being serious. He, he goes out every, like we talk all the time and he's like, yeah, I ran seven miles. He goes, I, I, I ran a seven fourteen pace. And I'm like, oh my. oh my God, Sean. So, so anyway, so I talked to him. I was like, Hey, I'll do the bike. You do the run. Jace does the swim. Uh-huh. I think we could make top five. Oh yes. Right. I, I yeah. think we, I think we could do sub five hours, uh, on yeah. the right course. What is your, what is your favorite discipline? The bike. Okay. Cause it's okay, the thing too. I'm the best at. It's the one is what mm. I'm the best at. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm, I can hold my own on the run if I don't bike too hard. Like this is, this is where I'm at. I'm, I'm really learning that it's all about proper pacing. So, uh, so oh, I, yes. I'm going to survive the swim. I'm, I'm going to just, I can only get so much faster in the water. Right. Yeah. And so I've come to terms with the fact that I can either, I can either work really hard and maybe shave two more minutes off my swim, or I can shave 10 minutes off my run by managing my mm-hmm. bike effort better. Right. And so I'm just oh, yes. I'm thinking some things through, uh, Chattanooga, uh, is my next race in May. Oh, that's a great race. I did that. Is it? Yeah. That, I think uh, that's my favorite course. Hands down. I am so, and everybody gets excited about the oddest of things. I'm so excited about the fact that you go from uh, Tennessee to Georgia and back on the bike. I don't mm-hmm. know why. Like I should be excited <laughs> about the the strong current in the downriver swim, as bad as I am a swimmer. But I'm excited about the bike. I don't know why. Um, that just sounds like a cool thing. Yeah, it's uh, it's a, just a cool thing for me. It's a great course. Um, the downriver swim is really nice. And the year I did it, they actually cut out the small upriver portion. So we only swam downriver, and I think I had like a 23-minute swim. Oh, my goodness. Are yeah. you serious? And I am a really slow swimmer. I mean, horrible, horrible. The bike was gorgeous. It was rolling hills, which I don't know if where you are in Texas, if you have hills. Um, um, we, we have a few. Uh, we have a few. I'm in North Texas, okay. um, so not, not too many. Not too many. Yeah. Yeah. And the the town is, it, it's a great town and the volunteers and the spectators, they're fantastic. Fantastic. I would actually like to talk my brother and my sister into doing that race next year. Ooh. I haven't said anything to them yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe they listen to the podcast and they'll hear it here first. I mean, we don't <laughs> yes. know. We don't know. <laughs> well, hey, so you, you said, you said you're, you said you're a slow swimmer. Oh, very slow. Okay, so so we're gonna we're gonna. You said that those were your words. I didn't. Yes. I didn't say that. So, and I will prove we're gonna, it to you. <laughs> well, no, no, we're gonna break down our we're gonna break down our times in the race. Okay. okay so I need I'm, as you're talking, I was looking a few things up, and um, so I know how we finished. Mm-hmm. We, I know where we finished our our team and I know where you finished, but we're going to do, uh, some comparison. Okay. How about that? 
so I'm going to write something down because I've done such a great job of prepping for this show here. Okay. So I don't know what time you got in the water. How was the swim entry for you? Like we were all self-seating, but was there anybody holding signs up? I couldn't see anything. Oh, there were, there were signs, but they were all bunched up at the front. So it, Mm. it became clear to me just from talking to people around me that people were seated, you know, people were all, were all over the place um, because they couldn't make it up to their corral, if you will. Um, Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you were much faster than I am, but you got in the water it looks like 10 minutes behind me. So, yes. Yeah. I got in the, so they, they had made this statement in athlete briefing that they were going to have everybody in the water by eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't know that they did, first of all, but I don't think I got into the water until 745. I think I got in the water around 745. I was on the platform in line. They made the announcement that the first athlete was at mile 10 of the bike and I hadn't, and and I was still a good (laughs) distance away from getting in the water. And I was just like, Oh my goodness. Like I, I had plans, Evelyn of, uh, completing the swim, getting Lindsay off on the bike, Uh going back to my condo, showering and coming back. Cause I was 10 minutes away. Mm-hmm. And coming back that, that never happened for me. It didn't. And I'll, I'll tell you why in a minute, but anyway, so you swam a forty-seven fourteen. Yes. Okay. How does that rank relative to your other 70.3s? Um, it's probably on the faster side, but okay. the last time I raced was in July. Just this past July, I did the Ohio 70.3. It was a lake swim, so there was no current assist. And it was also my first non-wetsuit swim that I had ever done in a long-distance race. Um, And it's known on the circuit as being a very slow swim. Plus, I was under-trained for the race because I had been traveling all summer, you know, catch-up, post-COVID catch-up travel. So all those factors contributed to a record slow swim time for me at that race of 56 minutes. I was even, I was shocked when I came out of of the water. So for this race, I thought I'll shoot for a 45 minute swim, right? I mean, it's a stretch to think I could drop over 10 minutes, but since I was on this swim centric training program, I thought, mm-hmm. you know, I could improve. And also, since I didn't have to do anything except swim, I should be able to go all out, right? Um, yep. The biggest concern for me was the open water. Um, the last time I had been in the open water was at the Ohio race eight months ago. And mm-hmm. here in the Northeast, opportunities to practice in open water can be hard to come by. For instance, you know, an athlete might only have available a two-hour window once a week, and it might be 45 minutes away. Like, you know, a swim coach or a a club will put on weekly swims from 5 to 7 p.m. on a Wednesday or something, and it's not easy to get to. But, and this only happens during the summer months, so it's really tough to get in the practice, which is so critical, as you know, to a safe and successful Mm -hmm. swim. So I was worried about not having open water practice And ahead of the race, I was really looking for practice opportunities during race weekend. I knew I had Mm -hmm. to find a place to get in the open water before the race. So luckily, I found a practice lake in League City, which is on the way from Houston down to Galveston. So it worked out great. My sister and I um, drove down to League City. I went into the lake. I was so glad I did. Um, And, you know, that's the benefit, I guess, of living in the South, right? I, I thought I'd gone to triathlete heaven when I got to the lake because it turns out they are open every day from 6 a.m. <laughs> starting 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. And the lake is set up with buoys and anybody can just go in, sign a release and pay $10 what? to swim. It's, are you kidding me? I kid you not. I My eyes were, you know, wide open. I, I was thinking, this is triathlete heaven. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, 
Yeah, uh, it's called Lake Longhorn in League City. And I think they also do scuba dive, scuba diving training there. Writing that down. Mm-hmm. Um, because I also did not have an opportunity to practice open water. Uh, okay. I live in North Texas, which is only five and a half hours away from Galveston. Mm-hmm. It's been unseasonably cold okay. uh, this year. And I had I had planned to go to open water practice, but the local play try, which is the the shop that sells all the triathlon gear, yes. they host an open water swim. The water was still too cold. Oh, it was. It had to be at least fifty eight degrees mm-hmm. for them to host it. And the Saturday before, it was not fifty eight degrees. So they said, "Sorry about your bad luck, fellas." And so I was a little. So I didn't know about this Lake Longhorn. Thanks for letting me know. But maybe next time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went into it hopeful that I could do a good job sighting. That was the thing I was the most concerned mm. about. Are you good? Are you a good open water sighter? Not really. I mean, I, I practice sighting in the pool. But, you know, looking at a water bottle at the end of the lane is nothing like looking for buoys among thrashing bodies and fog and, you know, glare, um, sun glare in your eyes. So I would say, no, I'm not a good sighter. Do you wear contacts when you're swimming or do you have corrective goggles? goggles? I do. I do wear contacts. Okay. Okay. I've done that one time. I actually bought... Uh, corrective goggles. They're very similar to like reading glasses. You just buy them of plus two, plus three, plus four, plus five. Oh, I didn't know those were available. Yeah. They actually work pretty good. Um, Mm. You know, if they don't fog up because you didn't properly treat them, uh, which is not the goggles fault. Okay. So you swam a 4714. Yes. I swam a 4151. So right off the bat, we had a six-minute lead on you. Yes. Okay. Okay. So we come into transition. You have a three-minute and 27-second transition. How was the transition from swim to bike? Pretty good? I thought it was good. It was a lot of fun because mm-hmm. I sprinted as soon as my feet hit that ramp coming out of the swim, I sprinted all the way to transition. I didn't take off goggles or cap or anything. And the nice thing about being in a relay was the racks we were assigned to were right Mm -hmm. by the fence. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. (laughs) So they were not in the middle of transition, right? I think typically relay racks are always along the edge, which makes them easy to find. And Mm -hmm. as it just so happens in this race, it was right next to the swim out. So... I, I thought transition went pretty well. Yeah, I was I was also super excited that we were close to transition. And not only were the relay racks close to the swim in, our particular section, because of our numbering, was at the end of the rack oh, yes. closest to the swim arch. So I did the same thing. I came out of the water. I did not do it. I had my goggles on, dead sprint, straight to Lindsay. We had a 253 transition and I'm going to, I'm going to talk about why I'm talking about the transition here in a second. So we were, uh, 30 seconds ahead. So now we have a six minute and 30 second lead on you. Okay. Okay. Then the, then the bike course happens. Yes. Okay. Your brother three Oh five, he turns in a three Oh five bike split. I know, I know you can't put in words you, know, you can't speak on your brother's behalf, uh-huh. but I'm sure you talked about it afterwards. Yeah. How how was his actual compared to his plan or his expectation? Well, he had anticipated, or at least he told me he was expecting to finish in about three and a half hours. Um, oh. Afterwards, he admitted that he sandbagged about 10 minutes into that figure. (laughs) (laughs) But his actual finish time was a lot faster, which I think is incredible for somebody who's never done a triathlon. You know, as we talked about, the pacing is different. Nutrition Mm -hmm. is key. Mm -hmm. And the big thing is he was on a road bike on a very windy day. So he did yeah. not have the advantage of being able to get down low in his aero bars. So his mm-hmm. body was basically a sail, right? Yeah. Because that was a very windy course. 
Yeah, it was definitely. Pre- it, it was it was calm when we started. When we got into transition that morning, it was a super calm morning. Mm-hmm, yes. But the wind definitely picked up and was a factor on the bike course for sure. And then it got hot later in the day. But Oh, yes. So Lindsay also sandbagged. She said that the bike would take her four hours. Okay. And she turned in a 325. So we gave up 20 minutes to you guys there. So okay. now- we are, uh, if I'm doing the math right, we're 10 minutes ahead, give or take. Yes. And then we have transition two. You you guys do a 120 mm-hmm. T2. We do a 103. How is it possible that our teammates manage to reduce their transition time more than half after riding 56 miles because I don't think I could have gotten out of the swim exit to uh, transition faster than I did. And I'm not putting this on Lindsay, mm-hmm. right? But she's, she's walking in those clippy shoes oh, yeah. to the, to the mount line. But after riding 56 miles, we actually reduced our transition time, which you guys did as well. What, have you thought about that? Like, why, why is that? I think part of the reason we were able to have such a transition time was actually, I think it was you or somebody on your team. Um, yeah, we helped y'all. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you held. But I think you held my brother's we, bike while we did. I grabbed. I grabbed <laughs> his bike, but I don't think that's what. I mean, if you think about the fact that that run, because we we obviously we were close to swim in which means we were the farthest bikes yes. from bike in bike out right so they had to go the entire distance of transition after riding 56 miles now i i remember your brother coming in lindsay when she came in she was smiling ear to ear she was mm. so excited now it could have been a combination of relief and, and excitement at the same time i'm not understand sure but yeah, we had, Eric and I had planned it out. We were like, okay, this is how we're going to do it. I was down low and I was like, Lindsay's going to roll. And I said, Eric, just grab her bike, stabilize it, turn your leg this way. I'm going to pull the, I'm going to pull the timing chip off, stick it right on your leg. I will grab the bike and you'd go. Right. So we had it down pretty tight, but I do remember when your brother came in, I grabbed his bike yes. while y'all were, di- while y'all were doing the chip exchange. <laughs> yeah. We didn't have it planned as well as you did. Yeah. It's all about come rock. Well, we we saw you guys do it first because he got off the bike before Lindsay did. And so we kind of figured it out from there. Okay, so this is where, and I think Eric did a great job, uh, but this is where you guys uh, really picked up up uh, picked up on us. Your sister turned in a 230 half marathon. Eric mm-hmm. had a 259. He had a 259. I saw your sister cross the finish line. Oh, that's right. You were at the finish line. Mm-hmm. I was at the finish line. I saw her cross the finish line. And I, I remember thinking, oh, we're doomed. Like <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was tracking Eric on the tracker. And I, knew how, I knew how far he still had to run. And I was like, oh, no. Um, yeah. How, how did she say the run went for her? She was actually apprehensive about the three loop race the three loop format because yeah. she had never done a half marathon that was looped before um mm-hmm. but afterwards she said it was actually helpful you know she was able to mentally break down the race into different sections and she had yeah. set goals for each section so you know the first loop she decided she really had to stick to her race plan which was not going out too fast walking every aid station to take in fluids, um, yep. which paid off because, as you remember, it got really hot. By the time yeah, those really runners hot. were on the course, it was very windy and the sun was out. Yeah. yeah. So she was really happy that you know she went with that strategy. And she said the second loop was the hardest. And probably the hardest was that section I'm going to call the sandlot. Where, yeah, Eric said the same thing. <laughs> where you were, she was basically running through an empty lot on d- a dirt trail, and she had, and you have to, I guess, go over an overpass to even get in there, and another, it's the same overpass coming out. But she said the third loop, when she hit the third loop, she knew she could finish, and she could finish faster than her training time, and she loved 
coming down that finish chute. I mean, the first two times she had to run past the finish line, right? And she said that was oh, a little bit demoralizing, but it was so yeah. such a joyous occasion to finally be able to hit that red carpet and sprint under the arch. So she had yeah. a great race. She really did. Yeah, it's so a couple things. The The advantage of the three loop race is it packs the spectators on course. Oh, yes. So it's a very, very well- uh, spectated course, as you know, and most of the listeners know, the the people that are on course spectating, they're not just cheering for their friend or their loved one; they're cheering for everybody. Oh, yes. At that point, so you can't ask for a better scenario than that. Eric gave me a hard time because I didn't prepare him for that sandy, beachy area. And I was like, Eric, I raced this thing like five years ago. I don't remember. I didn't, I didn't remember. Trust me, I would have told him if I'd have known, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I didn't remember, and we and we could have seen it on the map, is it, there were a lot of turns. Yes, it was there were very a lot technical. of, yeah. And so, you know, it wasn't just a three circles. There were, I, I don't know how many turns, but there were a lot of turns. And that, and, and a lot of course have that, that's a loop where you have that spot where you have to, you get to go this way. If you're on your last loop, mm-hmm. you have to go that way. And boy, that is tough. It is. I remember, I remember when I did Waco and I think I told the story once when I was on course, cause w- once you get on a, 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 a bike or once you get on the run course and it's a loop, you don't know where everybody else is. Right. And I, I will talk to people when I'm walking and the seemed like the common topic of conversation was what loop are you on? Yes. And everyone was like, Oh, I'm on loop two or I'm on loop one. This one guy goes, I haven't figured it out yet. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, ah, they're still going to give me my medal if I only do one loop. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wow. Yeah. Cause it was a hot day. And, and you know, you said a second ago, it got, it did, it definitely got hot in Galveston that day. I don't think the temperature necessarily got really high, but it was really hot. I was at the finish line and even while I was there, I couldn't do anything about it. I knew the back of my legs were sunburning. Like mm-hmm. I had put sunscreen on my neck because mm-hmm. I knew to do that. I, the back of my legs uh, behind my knee are blistered right now. Ooh. I mean, it's just the worst. Uh, yeah. My, my wife said I'm going to have a nice tan though. So there's that. <laughs> I have that to look forward to. <laughs> so anyway, so you guys, you guys came in at a total time of six hours and 28 minutes. Yes. We came in at a, a seven hours and 10 minutes. So out of the 75 relay teams, you guys finished 44th place. Very respectable, respectable in my opinion. We, however, did not finish last or second to the last, mm-hmm. third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, or ninth to the last. We finished 10th to the last. We came in in 65th place overall, but we had a great day. Yeah, uh, yeah, we we had no major injuries. Mm-hmm. We had no major drama. The a- Eric and Lindsay had a blast, as I'm sure your brother and sister did. Oh yes, um, just such a great, uh, such a great experience all the way around. Yeah, I I totally agree. Okay, so normally around this time in the in the uh, the uh, podcast, Evelyn we get to talking about bikes. Now you and I did the swim. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't even know if you own a bike. I, I'm assuming you own a bike <laughs> cause you've done multiple Ironman races, but, uh, I am obsessed with bikes. Okay. What kind of bike, what kind of bike do you ride? Um, I ride a Trek speed concept, <gasps> which is, Oh my God, that's my favorite bike of all. <laughs> it's quite a popular choice, um, among triathletes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What and, uh, what color is your speak your spec your Trek Speed concept? Um, it's custom painted actually. It's <gasps> I'll have to send you a picture after the podcast. Yes, you will <laughs> have to do that now. So, when did you order it special painted, or did you have it special painted after you purchased it? Well, I was looking at the Project One website where you can totally mm-hmm. customize your bike through Trek, and at that time, nothing none of the paint schemes really jumped out at me. And my okay. brother, Marv, who, as you know, is an avid road cyclist, yeah. he has almost all of his frames custom painted. Um, uh, so he shared with me his painter, who's Ron Jones of uh, Pro Bike Design. I have to give him a shout out. He does exquisite work. Yeah. 
Um, I bought the frame and I shipped it to Ron and he painted it and sent it back. So it was a very easy wow. process. Yeah. So did you, did you buy the bear frame and then you had it built up after you got it painted? Trek, or did you take it apart? And yeah, Trek did not sell a ready-to-paint frame. So I just bought a uh -huh. black frame, and Ron had to strip it and start over again. Gotcha. Yeah, but oh, it, it's man. really it's really cool. I had him paint the the bento box to match, and I had him paint oh, my cages to match. Yeah. <laughs> Got my initials Did on it. Does yours have the draft box that goes behind the seat post? Yes, and that's custom painted to match the rest of the bike. I knew that I liked you. I knew it from the moment I met you, the moment I laid eyes on you in transition. I said, Evelyn and I, we're going to get along. So, uh, <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah, you'll have to send me a picture of your uh, your speed concept. Yes. I, I have a speed concept. Oh, do you? I do, but I have... Um, I have the very first, and I don't have the actual very first, like the prototype, but I have, mm -hmm. I have, I have an aluminum frame Trek speed concept. I have the first year, oh, like the original okay. gen one. And I love this bike. Now I've had it since I started my triathlon career mm -hmm. and I have made numerous upgrades. Like it's, it's super light. Like the mm -hmm. only thing that's aluminum is the frame. Everything else is carbon. Okay. I upgraded it to DI two last Ooh, nice. year. Oh yeah. It's, I love this thing. I mean, I love it. I just upgraded to uh, tri-rig arm cups, so they're longer. They're like oh, oh okay, I've probably seen those. eight inches. Yeah, they're like eight inches long. They hug your forearm really good, and because of the larger size, it distributes your weight a little bit better. Oh. And you can actually, it gives you a little bit more control uh, because you're not just steering with your hands, your whole arms. Uh, yeah, I love interesting. it. Interesting, uh, interesting. Oh, it's, it's such a cool bike. I cannot believe like all of our time we've, this time has passed by so, so fast. Yes, it um, has. It has. We, we, we've, we're coming to the end. We're coming to the end. Okay. Um, but, but I always like to give my guest one little opportunity to pass on any words of encouragement or wisdom or anything that you would like to share with my audience. Evelyn, oh, do you have sure. Like sure. Mike, I do. Um, I would say to all your listeners out there who are curious about Iron Man, uh, I highly, highly encourage you to round up friends or brothers and sisters or people at work and just register for a relay because anyone with some swim, bike, or run experience can train for and complete a leg of a 70.3. I mean, wouldn't you agree with that, Mike? I absolutely agree. And yeah. I, I have to say that three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I understood that. I, it became really apparent. Like I, if you, you know what I'm saying? Like you almost have to experience it. Oh yes. I, I was aware of the relay and I was that guy. I was like, well, I, I can do the whole race myself. Why do I want to be on relay? <laughs> but if you think about the fact that it's such an opportunity to introduce people to the sport and remove some of their anxiety. Mm -hmm. And it was such a blast. We talked about it on our race recap episode. We had so much fun in transition. You know, oh, yes. You know how it is in a, in a normal race, your head down, your focus, your leisure. We're, there's always one or more people on the relay team waiting in transition for the other and so you're talking to the other, the other teams and it was such, it was just so much more than I ever thought it would be. Um, so I agree 100% with what you just said. If you are out there and you're thinking, Hey, I wish I could get my buddy mm -hmm. or my girlfriend or whatever into this relay. That yes. is the ticket. Yes. And for the sure. Iron Man experience is really unforgettable. I mean, yeah. Anyone who does it will be so motivated by the athletes, the spectators, and especially the volunteers. I mean, you had mentioned volunteers well, yeah. earlier. I mean, the volunteers at this race, out, outstanding. Oh, they were <laughs> spectacular. And I just think the energy and the positive attitude of the Ironman experiences is really something that you'll never forget. Never. No. Yeah. Oh, so, I know. I know. The, I know. I know my teammates won't forget it mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. I mean, I feel like doing a relay is like going to a party with 3000 people. 
you know, it's, right? It's, it's just so much fun. <laughs> oh, it was. It was a blast. Mm-hmm. It was a blast. Well, Evelyn, you've been so much fun to talk to. I am really looking forward to following your training over the summer for the New York City Marathon. I will be rooting for you. <laughs> Thank uh, you, Mike. On, and, and hopefully tracking you on race day. Oh, yes. Do they do the? Okay, yeah, I'll track you on race day. I love getting those little alerts popping up that so-and-so has passed this mile and all mm-hmm. that. It, it keeps me inter, inter, uh, energized. So oh, it's super yeah. Cool. It's very motivating to, to track friends. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, cool. Well, you have a, you have a good evening and uh, thanks for hanging out with me. Well, thanks for having me on, Mike. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you have any questions, advice that you would like to share, or would like to be a guest on the show and share your story, you can email everydayironmanpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow on Instagram at everydayironmanpodcast. Until next time, keep moving forward.